Coming up next, the podcast of Ancient Roads, Real Israel Talk Radio, episode 20-6. I want to take a look at the concept of faith as one might have understood the idea between man and Yehovah in the days of Yeshua. It had a very distinct meaning in biblical Hebrew. Let's have a look at faith today. Ancient Roads. This is the podcast of Ancient Roads. Real Israel Talk Radio. Take me home. Join us for the next hour as we explore and discover insights into the ancient Jewish and Hebraic ways of understanding and interpreting the Bible's lessons and narratives. Now, here's our host, Avi Ben Mordechai. Okay, welcome back to Real Israel Talk Radio. This is Ancient Roads, and we are going to get started once again in our study and uh, looking at the idea of biblical faith, the kind of faith that Yehovah or Yahweh uh, wanted to show us according to His way, not according to how we might understand it in everyday uh, society and everyday life today. On the last uh, podcast, we were uh, really deep into this idea of trying to understand what is the basis, the Hebraic basis, for the concept of faith, as we understand it in English. Faith from the Hebraic root or the Hebraic Shoresh of the letters Aleph, Mem, and Nun. Aleph, Mem, and Nun. If you do not know what the Hebrew uh, letters look like, my suggestion is go back and uh, you know find a chart, find something online, and familiarize yourself with those Hebrew letters, Aleph, Mem, and Nun. You'll know them because we say the word... Amen. Amen, brother. Amen, sister. Amen, everyone. Our English word faith comes from those Hebrew letters. On the last podcast, we were going deeply into this um, concept, and we were uh, looking at how faith really doesn't have the meaning that we tend to assign to it. We tend to think of faith as some kind of a confidence or certainty or trust issue in the sense of an intellectual pursuit, as though I were sitting or standing somewhere and I'm saying, I'm just going to believe, I'm going to have faith, I'm going to trust, I'm going to believe I'm going to get well, I'm going to trust that I'm going to get well, or I'm going to believe or trust that that person or that situation will right itself from the horrible condition that it has left us in. I'm just going to squeeze it out of me and make myself believe, and we call that faith. But that is not the biblical idea of faith. Not in the least. The biblical Hebraic idea of faith is something far different. 
Now, it is related to trust in the sense of having a trust when you see or experience something that you're looking at. But the concept of emuna in Hebrew or emuna, that idea of these three consonants, aleph, mem, and nun, they give us with vowels, they give us words like training, a craftsman, a specialist, someone who specializes in what he or she does, someone who's an artisan, a craftsman, a master workman, an artist, someone then who is also trained and or educated from someone who is training or who is educating you. Because it works both ways, in the same way that the Hebrew uh, word lomed, lomed, the root, that also refers to a teacher and one who is being taught. It works both directions. So this concept of aleph, mem, nun, amen, is all about a training function. So on the last podcast, we were talking a little bit about how to differentiate between these ideas. And I kind of gave it to you this way. If you are training someone to take over a job that you are doing, perhaps you're getting ready to leave a, a job or a workplace that you have been with at some time and you're training someone underneath you, the Hebrew word for what you become or for what you are is called meuman. It's from the word emun or emunah. You are a meuman. That is, you are a trainer. You're an educator. You're a specialist. You're an artist. You're doing something to show someone who is following you how it's done, how to do something. That is the idea of faith in Hebrew, emunah. Now, in the same way, let's say that you are learning or walking in the shadow of someone who is training you. Now, you become the imun in Hebrew. The imun, which is from amen or amen. It's from the same root. So now you are becoming the one who is trained or who is educated because you are walking in the shadow and the lessons and the teachings of the one who is showing you how it's done. This is the idea of emuna in biblical Hebrew. And I have no doubt that it also relates to how it was understood in Yeshua's day, we don't understand it correctly today, in my understanding of my judgment. No, I don't think we got it at all. I think we have gone way far off the track because we're missing the point because we have turned faith into an intellectual pursuit, an intellectual exercise, when in fact it's an action. It's something of being trained following or being followed. That's 
the idea the way everybody back then in Yeshua's day would have understood it. Hence, we would understand the Brihadashah or the New Testament to give us that same general idea. So, to possess imuna, to possess faith, it means to make a faithful copy of someone or something by steadfastly watching, learning, seeing, looking at the master trainer. Whether you are the master trainer, you are the master workman, or you have a master trainer or a master workman that you are following and watching. Hence, we could say that faith is the idea of copy and paste. Copy and paste. Copy and paste. That's what you're doing. I understand it that way because I work with computers all the time. And to make things a lot easier, I just do a copy-paste function or a copy-save function or a copy-save-as function. It's simple. Therefore, the action of faith is that of faithing the Father, faithing Yeshua, faithing the Word. And how do we faith the Father? How do we faith Yeshua? How do we faith anything that we are looking at spiritually? The way that we do it is by becoming familiar with and learning from the Torah, the law of Moses, because that law is our roadmap to faithing the kingdom and the kingdom of heaven and the king of the kingdom of heaven. That's how we faith him. We learn how to follow him, how to copy and paste him, put on his face by looking at what he looks like in the Torah, in the law of Moses. So if we say, well, I don't have to keep the law of Moses, I'm not under the law of Moses anymore. I'm saved by grace. What that does is it nullifies your copy-paste function. Or, I suppose in computer parlance, it grays out the option on your menu. <laughs> grays it out. So you're not doing a copy-paste function anymore. What you're doing is that you're saying, I'll do it myself. Thank you very much. Well, I'm sorry, but he doesn't want you doing it yourself. He wants you to know how he does it, how he understands things, how he sees things spiritually, morally, physically, emotionally. He wants you and I to understand how he does things according to his kingdom. So... We walk in the road map. We follow the map. We get mapped to his kingdom laws. That's what gives us our distinctions so we can know how to make a faithful copy of Yeshua by looking at Yeshua, the author and finisher of our faith. And the last time we were looking at Judges, 717, which is the story of Gidon or Gideon, when uh, 
He was showing his 300 men under his command what he wanted them to do. And uh, he used a a concept that uh, even is used in uh, the Israeli army, even to this very day. We say the word, Acharai, Acharai, follow me. That's what a commander will say to the guys underneath him in his platoon. Acharai, follow me. That's what Gideon was doing. Gidon, follow me. That's what Yeshua says to us. Follow me. I'll show you. And he will show us through his Torah. So Gidon in Judges 7.17 said to his men, look at me and do likewise. Watch. And when I come to the edge of the camp, you will do as I do. Do as I do. Acharai. Follow me. That's the point. And again, a similar teaching in uh, Hebrews 12, 1 through 2, which says, let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Yeshua, the author and finisher of our faith, looking to Yeshua, copying him, making a copy paste function out of reading about studying and looking at him i think in the uh, in the uh, in the world of acting in hollywood they they actually do they have a uh, a person is called an understudy it's an understudy and you might even have that in other uh, aspects of uh, of life's disciplines i don't know but the understudy you copy that which your, your, your example is showing you. And you do. It's not intellectual, not at all. It's an action. And that's what makes you what you are so that you can become like your example. You are the understudy looking at the one who is saying to you, to me, to all of us, Acharai, follow me. So therefore, biblical faith, as Yeshua understood it, as Moses, as Isaiah, as the prophets, as anyone would have understood it way back in those days, it's not about believing in someone as though I were going to squeeze that idea out of me. And the more I squeeze, the harder I squeeze, the more belief I can somehow generate. No, it's not about that. It's about being trained by a master teacher, a craftsman, an artisan, in order to become a faithful representation or a copy of the one that we are following. So to better understand this, I would like to have you join me in a a brief reading here of Luke 12, 15 through the rest of that section of that parable. Here's what Yeshua says. He's talking about uh, the law of coveting. Because coveting is simply saying, I'm not happy with what I have. I want something else. So you will either pursue something else for the sake of coveting or copy something else or be something else. I think we, in fact, we have that uh, proverbial statement. I want to be like the next door neighbor. 
I want to be like the Joneses, as I've often heard in that uh, kind of an idiomatic expression. We want to be like the Joneses. We're going to copy them. That's what coveting really is. That's at the root of it. So Yeshua says, take heed and beware of coveting, for one's life does not consist in the abundance of things that he, I will say, or she possesses. So then Yeshua spoke a parable, and he said to them, the ground of a certain rich man yielded a lot, plentiful. And uh, the man thought within himself, saying, well, what should I do? Well, I have no room to store my crops. I, I, I want more. I want more. I want more. I'm paraphrasing. So he said, uh, well, I'll do this. I'll, I'll pull down my barns. I'm going to destroy them. I'm going to build greater and bigger barns. Lots more stuff, you know. There I can store all my crops with my goods. And yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'll say to my soul, soul, you have a lot of possessions, a lot of goods laid up for many, many years. Take your ease. Eh, eat, drink, be merry, have a great time. But God said to him, Elohim said to him, fool, fool. There's only a couple places in scripture which specifically address this idea that a fool says there is no God, there is no Elohim. Because when you have coveting, you're saying there is no Elohim. So he says, you're a fool. This night, your soul will be required of you. Then whose will those things be which you have provided, that you have done, that you have made? Where's it going to go, friend? So Yeshua says, so is he who lays up treasure for himself and is not wealthy or well-to-do or rich toward Elohim, toward God. Therefore, Yeshua talks about not worrying and be concerned about things, etc. Now let's take a look at this idea as it relates uh, reflectively in Romans 13, 8 through 14. Paul then says, Oh, no one anything except to love one another, not take from them, not covet them, not give to yourself from what they have. No, to love one another. For he who loves has fulfilled the law the law of what? The law of the Torah, the law of the kingdom of heaven, because that's how you faith Yeshua, because it says he loved us before we ever loved him. He loved us long before we ever loved him. So we do what he does. He says, Acharai, follow me. And we say, oh, okay, I'll follow you. Well, what is that? It's filled in the Torah, that idea of following him, we do what he did. We give to others rather than give to ourselves first. We give to others first and put ourselves second, rather than put ourselves first and think of everybody else second. That's not the way Yeshua's faithing worked. No. So he's teaching us the commandments. 
doesn't Paul say in Scripture, for the commandments say you shall not commit adultery, don't murder, don't steal, don't bear false witness, don't covet. And he says, and if there is any other commandment, all are summed up in the saying, namely, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Well, it is interesting to note that the word love in Hebrew, that is ahava, is from the root hav, hav, and hav that's hey vet is the word in the command form of Hebrew forgive. So when you say I love, what you're saying is I give. That's the point of love to give. Therefore, all the commandments are summed up in saying you shall give to your neighbor as yourself. You give to yourself all the time. So do I. I give to myself all the time. Well, just turn it around and make them first and you second. That is a tough one. I know. Paul knew. We all know it. Because we have a battle with the flesh that wants to always look out for number one. But that's not Yah's way. That's our way. So, we look and understand that marriage works the same way. And we'll be talking about this in a future podcast about the marriage principle. I always say to guys who are married, guys, marriage is a beautiful, beautiful thing. It's wonderful. Oh, it is. But it comes with a warning. Marriage comes with the principle warning. You are signing your own death warrant, guys. Oh, yeah. You're signing your own death warrant. Because you will learn to put your wife first. And that does not come easy. And she will come first. You will come second. Oh, this is not easy. Oh, my flesh battles that all the time. I know what it feels like. And we'll talk more about that on a future podcast. So, Paul goes on to say in Romans chapter 13, verse 10, Love does no harm to a neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfillment of the law. It fulfills Torah because Torah is about giving to another first, not about giving to myself. Then he says, and do this, knowing the time that now is high time to awake out of sleep for now Our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. We're getting closer. The night is far spent. The day is at hand. Therefore, let us cast off the works of darkness. Works of darkness are simply doing things my way, according to the way I want things done, according to my needs. That's the works of darkness. And let us put on the armor of light, which is the armor of love, which is to give. Have. Give. Let us walk properly as in the day, not in revelry and drunkenness, not in lewdness and lust, not in strife and envy. Then he says, put on the master, Yeshua HaMashiach. Why? Because scripture teaches us he loved us before we ever loved him. I didn't clean my life up in order to get him to love me. No, he loved me when I was stinky, stinky. And then he began and has continued to change me. So make no provision for the flesh. Don't go to the flesh and say, ah, no, I think it's okay. I'll just go ahead and live by what I want to do. This is for me today. Hallelujah. I think about me today. 
Me time. Okay, look, Yeshua had me time also, okay? But not at the expense of others. And I think we can also learn the same because providing for the flesh means fulfilling its lusts. And its lusts are exemplified, they are taught to us as we understand it from Genesis chapter 3, verse 6. Genesis chapter 3, verse 6. When Hava looked at the Etzadat Tovirah, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and she saw the bling in the tree. She saw the sparklies in the tree and said, I want that. And that was her lust. That is the Hebrew word that's used in Genesis 3, 6. Therefore, the flesh is all about lust. We'll pick up on this concept at the second half of our podcast today. Stay with us. This is Avi Ben Mordechai. This is Ancient Roads, Real Israel Talk Radio. We're here to explore and discover insights into the ancient biblical, Jewish, and Hebraic ways of understanding and interpreting the Bible's lessons and narratives. We will return for the second half of the program after this short break. listening to Avi Ben Mordechai and the podcast of Ancient Roads, Real Israel Talk Radio, episode 20-6. Welcome back to the podcast of Ancient Roads, Real Israel Talk Radio. Join us as we continue to explore and discover insights into the ancient Jewish and Hebraic ways of understanding and interpreting the Bible's lessons and narratives. Once again, here's your host, Okay, as we come back now into our second half of our podcast, I want to continue with the idea of putting on Messiah in order to prove that we have our copy-paste function working in our lives. That is faith, emuna in Hebrew. I want to go to Colossians 2, 6, 2, 6. It's a real simple statement. As you therefore have received Messiah, as you therefore have received him, you've accepted him, you have taken him in to a redemption of the new man in you. As you have received Messiah, that is Yeshua, the master, so walk in him. Because that is the principle don't walk according to the Yetz Hadato Virah, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. You've been redeemed from that. I've been redeemed from that. Why would I want to walk according to that? I don't. But then again, I do. So what's the problem? It's the battle between the new man and the old man, the inner man and the outer man, the flesh and the spirit. It's a constant battle, and it attacks us at every moment, and we all know it. So get up and just keep moving forward until that day of the great resurrection when the flesh will fall apart, it goes into the ground, and we will be raised in glory, which is the hope of our salvation. 
This is so fantastic. And this is something that we need to come home to and learn to walk and face our Father in heaven. Learn to walk and face Yeshua. Now, let's go and talk about grace through faith. People say it all the time. I'm saved by grace through faith. Oh, oh, really? Really? Saved by grace through faith? Well, let's find out about this idea. What is grace? Grace is something that is given to us, not because we are worthy, but because we just simply are. Yehovah loved us so much that he gave himself for us, even when we were unworthy. You know, I think back when I was uh, a young man back in high school, and I remember... You know when uh, you know we, uh, uh, well, guys, we you know we were looking at all the girls, and uh, you know one of my friends might say, "Dude, she's so out of your league." Let me tell you something. If we were to apply that principle between us and our Savior, our Redeemer, our Father in Heaven, man, we are so out of His league. It is not even close. We are out of his league, folks. But yet, he loved us so much that he gave himself for us. That is grace. He bought us from the DNA, the DNA quantum entanglement, from our entanglement to the tree of the knowledge of good and evil in the Garden of Eden, Genesis chapter 3. He bought us from that tree. He cut us loose. He disentangled us from it. Are you worthy to be disentangled? Am I worthy? No. Am I clean enough to be worthy? No. Am I like, you know, wow, I'm the greatest thing since sliced bread, as we like to say. No, you're not worthy. He's just not, not like us. And yet, he loved us so much that he gave himself for us to disentangle us from that tree that he might give us life eternal. That is the good news of grace. He disentangled us from our genetic imprint to the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. He disentangled us. He disconnected us from the Yetzadah Tovirah of Genesis chapter 3, verse 6. Also Genesis chapter 2, verse 17. He disconnected us, friends. He made us holy and without blame because of what Yeshua accomplished. We'll be talking further about these things in the upcoming podcasts. This is truly Yah's grace because he was so out of our league, folks, and he put us into his league, not by any works of righteousness that we have done, but through his grace. That's actually... A statement out of the Brihadashah New Testament book of Titus, 
chapter 3. Okay? So, this being said, in Judaism, of which I walked in that Orthodox lifestyle for many years, many years, I was always being taught, just guard and keep the law of Moses, do the Torah, and clean yourself up. We call it tikkun in Judaism. Tikkun. The repair of the world, the repair of the soul, the repair of humanity. Eh, No deal. Doesn't work that way. We're not cleaning ourselves up in order to be loved. No, it's the other way around. He loved us before we ever cleaned ourselves up. Therefore, we love in the same way. So, Yehovah has loved us. Therefore, Yeshua said in John 5.19, 5.19, most assuredly, I say to you, the Son can do nothing of himself, but what he sees the Father do. For whatever he does, the Son also does in like manner. That is a practical replica of Judges 7.17, when Gidon said to his men, follow me, do as I do, and what I do, you do the same, using the Hebrew term, acharai, follow me. That's what Yeshua says. The son is doing in like manner as he sees the father. Yeshua has a functioning copy and paste activity going on in his soul. Copy and paste, copy and paste. He's doing it too. Therefore, Yeshua is faithing the Father. And we faith Yeshua. And by doing so, we are faithing the Father also. When we're faithing the Son, we're faithing the Father. So true biblical faith, that is emunah in Hebrew, it's a different idea from the, you know, the general worldly idea of trust. Which, which really comes from this uh, Hebrew term, bet tet chet, or betach, betach, certainty, trust, surety. Faith is putting on the face of our master trainer. It is a gift of his love training. When we look into his face, because folks, we can't earn faith. You can't even trade for it. You can't say, well, look, you know, that person's out of my league, but uh, I'll trade a little bit for it. I'll see if I can kind of get equal status. I'll do something for that person. They do something for me. Yeah, I kind of, uh, I'll scratch your back if you'll scratch mine. No, no, not with Yah, not with Yehovah. We cannot earn faith or trade for it. Because of the gift of his faith, his emunah, through grace. That is, it was given to us while we were yet stinking. While we were yet in the genetic imprint of Genesis 3, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, the Etzadat Ovirah. Because we're still in that, when he comes to us, he gives us his copy, paste, function and says, Akharai, follow me. That, therefore, produces in us a response. Your response should be toward him to say, 
I'll guard and keep your actions by what I see, and I'll copy and paste your actions. I'll look in your Torah, and I'll do your Torah, because that will teach me how to copy and paste you in the soul of mine. That's the response that we have. Therefore, Yeshua said, if you love me, you will keep my commandments, as I have kept my Father's commandments. That's the beauty of this. Therefore, we are saved by grace through our copy and paste function in our lives. We're making a faithful copy of what we see. We were given that opportunity because of his grace towards us. He didn't require that we first clean up our lives, get pure and clean and sparkly and go through the the spiritual car wash first and get all right. And then you'll say, oh, now you look okay. That's what Judaism is trying to teach us by keeping the Torah in order to receive his grace. No, his grace comes first. So do not earn acceptance from Yah by doing things hoping to get his acceptance. And we are not to earn our acceptance into apprenticeship under him because it is a calling freely given to us due to his love for us. Through his love, through his giving, from the Hebrew word hav, from the Hebrew word hav, that is the command form of ahava, love. Through his giving, his love, we are undeservedly invited in to his presence to participate in a divine apprenticeship program. I'll say it again. We are undeservedly invited to participate in a divine apprenticeship program and undeservedly invited in this way and then trained and then trained in that program through the Torah, through the law of Moses, through the divine instructions of the kingdom of heaven to shine the face of the glory and grace of Messiah. So therefore, Paul could say in Colossians 2, 6 through 8, he could say, put on Messiah and walk in him. Put him on. Therefore, you will walk in him. But unlike today, we're not talking about a purely rational exercise in testifying that we have some kind of a squeezed uh, belief function as though we are like a like an orange. And I, somehow I just have to just squeeze this stuff out of me. Oh, man, I got to have faith. I got to have faith. I got to have faith. I got to believe. As though we have to believe in some unique set of dogmas and doctrines. No, our faith is a testimony that Messiah is our hope of glory. What does that mean, our hope of glory? That is the glorification for each of us on the day when we wake up from our physical death 
in the last day resurrection. That is our glory. That is our hope. This flesh will no longer bother us after our resurrection of the last day. You won't have the Romans 7 battle on your hands fighting that which you hate to do and following that which you love to do in your flesh. We're not going to have those battles anymore, folks. And for all of that, you can see John 5, 27 to 29 and John eleven twenty-five through 26. That is the last day resurrection. That is our hope of glory. Then we will see him, the master, Yeshua, as he is, and he will see us as we are because of his actions, not ours. That's right, because of what he did for us, not what we did for him. This was a known teaching in the Second Temple period as expressed to the words, again, of Hebrews 12, 1 and 2, which I had quoted earlier in our, in our podcast. Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us. And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Run with endurance the race that is set before us. Stay the course, folks. Stay the course. Stay the course. Keep going. Don't stop. The writer says, looking unto Yeshua, the author and finisher of our faith. He was the author of our faithing, the author of our copy-paste function, and the finisher of our copy-paste function. The weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, entangles us, is, in fact, the past down inheritance and the image that is in us from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, that is, the Etzhadato Virah, that very same tree that entangled and ensnared Hava or Eve or Adam's wife, and then Adam following that in Genesis chapter 3. Through Adam, there is no question, there is absolutely no doubt that each of us is in fact born into this world as a complete, perfect copy of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Why is that? Why are we exactly made in that image? Because there is a creation principle in Genesis chapter 1, verse 11. And what does that say? Like kind produces like kind. Like kind produces like kind. It's the whole creation story of Genesis chapter 1. That's the principle. So, we're a complete copy of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, in this world, when we are born into this world, because we are born, copied, and entangled with the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And Psalm 139, verse 15, talks about that. Psalm 139, verse 15. Yes, because I am copied like that in the lower world. Consequently, Whatever is dished out to us in this life, doesn't matter. Whatever is dished out, 
this goes for both of us, you and me together, we are indebted to remember that Yeshua principle, it was a principle that trained him to go forward in the midst of deep anguish. As it says, who for the joy that was set before him endured the execution stake, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of Elohim, the throne of God. Well, what could be so joyous about going through a crucifixion on a Roman execution stake? What could be so joyous about that? The joy was the resurrection from the second death. We're going to talk about that at a future podcast. It was the joy of his resurrection out of the second death and the disentanglement of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil from us so that we no longer were genetically entrenched, entangled, attached to that tree because of his work through the cross, through the execution stake, and through the second death. So let me close off with a summary of this idea of copy-paste or faith. Step one, faith is follow me, acharai. Follow me, copy-paste me, see Mark 8.34. And also to Abraham, when he said to Abraham, I will show you. That's Genesis 12.1 and Hebrews 11.8. Step two, copy the example. That's the copy-paste function. We're calling it the copy in step one and the paste in step two. Paste it into your life by walking in the Torah, his kingdom law. That's how you'll know how to faith Yeshua. John 13, 14 through 15. And we can learn that from Abraham who obeyed, copied Yehovah. See Genesis 15, 6. And Gidon, Gideon, who said to his men, look at me and do likewise. Watch. Judges 7, 17. Therefore, Hebrews 11.1 1 relates the principle by saying, Now faith is the substance of events or the substance of happenings hoped for. That's the resurrection from the dead. That's our resurrection, our hope of glory, folks. For it's evidence not seen. We can't see the resurrection yet, but it's coming. It's the substance and essence of the events for which the evidence is trusted, it's accepted, and it's copied. But yet, we haven't yet seen the full potential. And that is from Romans 6, 5 through 7. Romans 6, 5 through 7. For if we have been united together in the likeness of his deaths, plural in Greek, Certainly, we will also be in the likeness of his resurrection, singular, knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him at the body of sin from the Garden of Eden, tree of the knowledge of good and evil, might be done away with, that's disentangled, that we should no longer be slaves of sin, because that came from Genesis chapter 3, verse 6, for he who has died has been freed from sin. We have died to that tree. Yeshua did it for us. We're just walking in him. So therefore, it's Messiah in you, the hope of glory. 
our hope of glorification. Him we preach, warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom that we may present every man complete that is healed from the corruption of the Yetzadato Virah, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, in Messiah Yeshua. So we learn from 1 John 3, 2. 1 John 3, 2. Our hope is in our yet future glorification on the great day of the last day resurrection. That's what it is. And we're looking at Yeshua, who perfectly copied his face on and into us through the redemption of the new man, through the path of his deaths, first and second deaths, physical and spiritual, according to Genesis 2.17, and his third day resurrection. So we conclude that he is making us into his image through our training. And our training is in the Torah. The law that he was, the kingdom of heaven law of the Torah, which is the essence of the definition of his faith given to us because we were so undeserved of it. That's grace. That's 1 John 3, 2. Beloved, now we are children of Elohim, we're children of God, and it has not yet been revealed what we shall be, but we know that when he is revealed, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. This podcast was brought to you by the Outreach Ministry of Coming Home. Visit our website at www.cominghome.co.il. Thanks for being with us on this podcast. We'll come back next time and we'll have another look at some of these important Brihadashah definitions. Thanks for joining us today. I'm Avi Ben Mordechai. If you wish to stay up to date with coming home news and information, simply register your email address with us on our website, www.cominghome.co.il. From time to time, we hope to answer questions and comments from our podcast listeners. So if you have a comment or a question, send us an email to our email address, questions at cominghome.co.il. We hope you have discovered fresh insights into the ancient Jewish and Hebraic ways of understanding and interpreting the Bible's lessons and narratives. This podcast was brought to you by the Outreach Ministry of Coming Home www.cominghome.co.il Yah willing, we'll see you next time for Ancient Roads. Real Israel, Talk Radio.